There we go. I'm an idiot. Sorry. All right. With Ben White, there we go. Everything should be good now. Sorry, guys. All right. Arizona wins 82-72. to 72. This was a game that worried me a little bit because, quite frankly, Ben, it didn't look like Colorado was ever going to miss a shot here. And we got to the point where it's the little things, fellas. It's, it got to the point where you're like, is every team going to have an awesome game against Arizona? And – Look, you look at the final numbers here. Colorado goes, let's see, what did they go from three? 50%, but that really doesn't do 50, tell the whole story in, 50, the, in the slightest. 50%, and Arizona still waxes him by 10 there, Ben. Yeah, exactly. And Mike's so excited, he lost his voice. I do apologize. Shooting for, uh, you know, shooting for the Wildcats the whole time. But, yeah, I mean, Colorado started out four for four from three. Um, Jabari Walker seemed like he was going to be that guy, and he really carried Colorado throughout most of that first half and a good portion of that second half. And you thought, here we go again, like Arizona experienced yesterday from three. Um, they were able to rally. You know, the big question mark, obviously, was not having Kirk Creesa. How was the team going to respond? You needed somebody off the bench. You needed somebody like Azulis Tubelas to step up and give you 20 points. You needed somebody like Justin Kyer who slid into that starting role to give you 13 and he certainly did and Arizona was able to come together and find a way to win Mike and sometimes that is all that matters all right guys sorry about that again that technical issue is on my part not in anybody else's all right Ben Matherin we're counting down the days his last games of his Wildcat career and to be honest with you he has 11 points or excuse me 10 points but at the same time let's be honest if you if you were to tell me that a team's going to go 16 to 32 from three, yeah. Ben Matherin's going to have 10 points. Arizona's still going to win by 10. That's when you know you got something good going here, fellas. That and that's what's really, I think, impressive right here. All right, let's see. Tina, I would expect nothing less from you, by the way, right there. All right, going up and down the box scores here a little bit. You mentioned it, Azulis Tavellis. That is the guy that you look at time and time again, and you're like, is what's he going to be able to bring? Ben. That's exactly what he brought. He brought 20 points tonight, 11 rebounds. He's the one guy that you look at and you know he should be able to win his matchup, and that's exactly what he did, even though Jabari Walker went off. Yeah, even though Walker went off, I mean, it just looks so fluid and easy for Tabellas too. He was doing what he's really good at, which is getting the ball in those passing lanes, taking those easy hook shots. He was really able to help Arizona space the floor at the most crucial moments. And I think you've got to get, give it up to the defense, too, because you look at the box score here. Arizona had 10 steals tonight. Granted, that's really high, but I remember saying to you at some point during the game, doesn't it feel like it should be higher? Right. Because Arizona was all up in those passing lanes. They were spacing the floor. They were getting the ball inside when they needed to, to Coloco and Balo. And when those guys weren't able to hit or those guys had to come out of the game, guys like Kyer stepped up, guys like Tabella stepped up, and Arizona was just able to, able to come together collectively. And it's what you like to see, especially – a team that has started out slow, they did today. A team without Kirk Creesa was able to come together and figure it out, and now it just comes down to who are they playing in that title game tomorrow, whether it's UCLA or USC. We'll great, find out here tonight. And the great thing about it is we are on the front row. We can provide a scouting report yes, here we can. as the post-game show is going on. All right, Tina, great point. Everybody's talking about the headbands. We did mess up. We should have headbands on right here. Do apologize. Next game. I promise you, no matter what it takes, we will be rocking headbands. If, our guy, if you want to check out the headbands, though, our guy Matt Mulebach has one on. He was rocking it throughout most of the, the coverage on the Pac-12 right. network. So. John Schuster, operating, uh, texted me and made a great point for everybody out there. Colorado's a solid team. Let's not, let's not get that twisted. Arizona won this game by 10 points with 
Ben Matherin not playing well and Kerr, or excuse me, Kirk Carissa not playing. Let's talk a little bit about Justin Kyer. If you don't like Justin Kyer, then you know what? You probably got a problem with me as well because I like Justin Kyer. He, I thought, filled in magnificently right here. You look at his stat line right there. 13 points, five rebounds, three assists. How many other schools do you know that have somebody like a Justin Kyer that can do that, that can play this level right there, playing as a seventh or an eighth man? It goes to show you time and time and time again, this is a team that everybody just steps up when it matters most. Yeah, and, and you talk about teams, especially come conference tournament time and NCAA tournament time, about really truly going 10 or 11 deep. This team has gone 10 or 11 deep right. the last three or four weeks, right. just given the situation that they've had. And, and it shows tonight, Kyra was remarkable. Kyra did exactly what he needed to do. He was, um, you know, 13 points, three of eight. And then I think the assist speaks, the assist numbers speak to it as well. He was able to space the floor. He was able to get other guys involved. And, you know, he, he plays a lot different, I think, in Kerr in the sense that he's able to kind of take those selfless shots. And Kerr obviously is as well. But you like what he brought tonight. And I think somebody else, too, that deserves a lot of credit. And it didn't maybe show as big in the box score, but there were a couple of pivotal possessions in the second half with five or so minutes left to go was Balo. He's getting the ball inside. He made a couple key shots in the lane. Um, Colorado at that point was not able to force the ball inside. They were taking three after three. And once that cooled off just a little bit, you saw Walker get in foul trouble. He had four fouls. You obviously saw Batty get in foul trouble as well with four fouls. Once those two guys were out of the game, Arizona was just able to come together do its thing and go up by double digits and win this game. All right. I'm going to be honest here. I got a little excited for absolutely no reason. Sean Seeley just put on there. He said, U of A chants were clear and loud on television. I got fooled one time. One time I thought they were saying back the A instead of U of A. And at that point I was about to, I don't know what I was going to do with myself, but you know what? That's how excited I was about. He, he was, he was doing it itself. Himself. Yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll, we're, we're not, we're not going to hide that. Nick Howard. Listen, the reason, though, that U of A basketball works, the reason this postgame show has been able to do is because people care about Arizona. And that is, Nick's asking, what was the atmosphere like? It was electric. Now, again, it's not filling up the entire row. Totally get that. But this was a team that you look at it, and there's probably, what would you say? What would you say? How many fans I, here? Six, 7,000 U of A fans? I'd say about 8,000, probably. Something like that. Six, 7,000 U of A fans. What other fan base travels like that? And that's a tip of the cap to everybody out there. And again, big, big ups. All right, let's see here. What All else right. we got here? Okay, we got Matthew Bothwell. Awesome dude. Great win. Haven't seen Tommy that upset before. All right, guys. I want to talk about Tommy. Tommy, I almost said Tommy Wade. Tommy Lloyd Tommy a little Wade. bit. Watching Tommy Lloyd up close is absolutely fantastic. I imagine he's an amazing father. Because when he gets upset, he gets stern. He gets in your face. But at the same time, though, you also know that he cares about you. There was a time when he got into, I believe it was uh, Pella Larson's face. And as Pella's walking to the bench, he still slaps him on the butt and he says, we got this. Not like that, but yep. essentially it's a it's a learning experience at the same time that you're like, okay, he, the guy just gets it. Yeah, I mean, I think you saw that from a player standpoint and I feel like we've talked about this throughout the entire regular season where he's a lot different in Miller in the sense that he'll let guys play through mistakes. And I think he's more concerned about making sure the player understands the why. Why was yes. that an issue? Why did you mess up? What can we do better next time? Whereas other coaches will just scream and yell, get in players' faces. And 
it jeopardizes confidence. It, it, it turns down a lot of different things. And you see that in the sense that Lloyd is different, right? And then even with the refs, there were a couple of calls where um, he had every right to be upset, especially on Coloco right. and some of those down low we saw. You know, he'd get in the ref's face and say say what he needed to say, and then get right back into it and get composed. So Tommy Lloyd is definitely one of those guys that knows just how far to take that leash, and then he can reel it right back in. Yes. All right. The set the ten second count cost some uh, yeah. cost some Vegas some money. All right, uh, Sean. As you guys all know, the people behind the scenes are the ones that make this work. I am an idiot when it comes to these things. Shane Diefenbach, Sean DePaz. Sean, can you go ahead and can you rock this video right here? Watch this. Uh, the one that uh, the one that you just loaded in there, the one you just loaded in. Uh, let's go with uh, let's go with uh, Tommy Price's tire. Oh, well, Here's. You guys know what Justin means to the program. It means to me. I mean, he was awesome, and you know, I, I I literally had zero reservations, and and you know, once you know Kerr's injury, we, we kind of knew what it was going to be. I, I felt like we had a great chance to win the game. You know, I mean, Colorado, you know, exposed us a little bit a few weeks ago, and uh, you know, like I was telling you guys, sometimes I don't mind losing because it gives you a chance to kind of recalibrate and, 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 and fix things. And uh, and we fix things. And, um, and and that's what this program is about, about growing, responding, and uh, being high character. So, uh, you know, Justin, he fits that to a T, and I'm, I'm just going to see if I can petition the NCAA for a seventh year of eligibility. All right. I thought Tommy Lloyd fit put that perfectly when he said also at the end, we fixed some things right there. And that's been kind of the mantra of this team. If somebody gets hurt, if somebody goes down, it doesn't really matter. There's somebody there to step up. And it's not like it's one position where you're good at. You're pretty much good across the board right there in that you lose a point guard. All right, you got Justin Kyer. Let's say Christian Coloco gets into foul trouble. You got a new Marvello. You got a new Julius Cabellas. This team across the board fits that way. Yeah, it, it fits. And I, I would make the argument that it's the deepest team in the country. Right. And come tournament time, when you run into these situations where key players get hurt, like Kyer, you know, you're going to see this throughout the country as we wrap up these tournament games this week and even going into the first round of 64. The team that wins it at the end of the day, a lot of times, is the healthiest team. Yes. And the deepest team. So if Arizona can find a way to build off of this, if they can rally tomorrow and carry this into the first round of the NCAA tournament, it's only going to make things better in the long run for them. Let's see what else we got here. Okay, so... The play where Carissa got hurt could have resulted in an injury to Coloco also. that That's true. You know, yeah. it looks like knock on wood, Arizona escaped that one. One thing that is cool, everybody that remembers Ira Lee, he was here, and again, sorry I'm losing my voice, I've been yelling for like three straight days. Ira Lee up here. Ira Lee is a guy that obviously transferred out of the program. He's up here slapping everybody on the U of A. That's the kind of atmosphere that I think you look at and you know what's unique. All right. A lot of people are wondering why Adama Ball didn't play. And, you know, this is just my guess. I'm assuming that he didn't play because this was just a game that was too close to call. Yeah. I think that if this was a 10 to 12 to 13 point win, you're probably looking at him. But I think Tommy Lloyd's looking to cut this rotation down, yeah. even though that might not be ideally what some fans want. What do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that speaks sentiments to what you just said there. And I think if you're Lloyd, too, you, you look at the way that they were playing inside. And, you know, I, I know Coloco only had eight points. And some people want to say, well, maybe we should have got the ball inside more early. We should have gone to him more. But I, I think the front court was set and Arizona was doing what it wanted up front, especially on the offensive side. 
um, late in the game when it matters. So I, I don't think that's something that you tamper with if you're Tommy Lloyd if you don't have to. Yeah, and you don't have to. I get it. Now, let's talk a little bit about Arizona. We talked about Colorado, how they're shooting, the percentages they did, 16 to 32. Matt Muehlbach, our guy, just said that he would be shocked if Arizona wasn't in the Final Four. Matt knows a lot more than I do, but at the same time, you do kind of wonder, this team just finds ways to win, and I think that's where you are you almost expect Arizona to win now. Now we got USC, USCLA coming up next. You know, if Arizona's down six, Arizona's down eight. Yeah. I don't know about all you, but it feels like a game that I still feel Arizona will win. Yeah, I, I think so, and I think if you watch the way this team plays closely – whether it's Colorado, USC, even some of those teams they played outside of the Pac-12 earlier in the year, slow starts have been a, a regular thing for this team. It's kind of been an MO. And right. You can think what you want about it, but this team finds a way to come back and compose itself, it seems like, at the right time every single game. Now, let me ask you, everybody out there, I asked, and, you know, Brian Jeffries is going to be coming on in a little bit. That's a tease to keep you around because, again, Mike Luke, not Brian Jeffries, obviously. Mike Luke looks like Talbot Denny. I'll take that. <laughs> Mike Luke does look like Talbot Denny. I actually refed uh, Talbot Denny game right there, and he said I didn't look like him. But Brian Jeffries is going to be coming on in, uh, in a little bit here. Let's talk. Let's go down the box score a little bit. Everything about Arizona, though, offensively, just clicks. And I think that's what's so fun about this. You look at the stat line. We're talking about how great Colorado was, 16-32 for three. Great. Awesome. Arizona's 26 of 50 from the field. I mean, Ben, you're not going to lose many games when you shoot 52%. No, you're not. And more importantly, I think when you're taking the efficient shots that Arizona is, they're not taking, you know, selfish shots. They're not taking shots just for the heck of it. I think at times Colorado really put themselves in a position where they had to throw the ball up from, from deep. Even if it was something they didn't want to do, even if it wasn't the best look, because I think they knew deep down that if they were going to beat Arizona, it was going to have to be something fluky in the sense that they were going to have to shoot over 60% from three. And when that started to slow down, and I think we talked about it at the top, but when Walker went out in foul trouble, and obviously when Batty went out as well, Colorado got a little bit rattled there. Right? And they didn't know how to respond because that was the only thing that was working for them the entire game. David Matola put it best. Somebody give Mike a cup of tea. I agree. I do apologize. I started losing my voice about an hour ago. I do feel fine, though, so don't worry about me. Okay. Any fans left after Arizona fans leave? That's a great question. I would still say for the Arizona, for the UCLA-USC there are more Arizona fans here, probably followed by about USC fans, because you want to know? That's because you are the smartest fans out there by a mile. Because not only do you want the win, you are looking ahead yes, to are. the next game out there. And again, I'm looking out there as well. Let's see. Tonight, Mike, you need to snag some honey cough drops. Ben, take the mic here for a second. I'll show you what I got. Mike, Mike's grabbing his uh, his cough drops. But no, to, to Mike's point now, I mean, you look across the arena, seven, 8,000 deep. Um, USC fans are starting to come in, but Arizona fans are still sticking around. So should be an exciting environment. Should be interesting to see what tonight brings. And I think everybody is going to be excited to see just the outcome of this game, not only who wins, but the fact that these are two really good teams as well. Right. And whoever Arizona gets, it's going to be an interesting matchup well, come tomorrow. Let me ask you guys this. Now, Brian, we had Brian on yesterday, and Brian said he didn't really care who Arizona played. I get that. I'm a little bit more of a nerd than Brian is. But the one thing I will say, I wanted to play Colorado mainly because – I'm a little petty. I wanted that revenge game. Let me ask you all out there. Who 
who would you like to play? Would you like to play UCLA? Would you like to play USC? Personally, I would like to play UCLA because they did beat us once. I think they're a little bit better of a team. And again, Bruno, Bruno actually stayed back with my dad. As much as I would have liked to have brought Bruno, it would have been fairly difficult to bring him on this trip, mainly because, you know, he's a pooch. Okay. Everybody, you're smart. Tina, Dogsy, everybody wants to play UCLA across the board. Yes. Sean, Fernando, Garrett, all of you want to play UCLA. That's the right answer. I mean, yeah. why wouldn't you? You want, to, you want to play the best team, and I think UCLA is the best team here. And I think, look, you look at the fact that they lost air. You know, they obviously beat us a couple of weeks ago prior. You look at the way Hawkes is playing and some of those other guys they have, especially offensively. This is a really hot team, and I think when you look across the Pac-12, they probably match up the best out of every other team in the conference. So if you're Arizona, you're looking for that re revenge game. You know, you're looking for an opportunity as well to see how your offense runs without Carissa. Smooth sailing tonight with Kyer and everybody else that stepped up that needed to. Zubelis, Coloco in key moments, especially in the last five minutes. But 100% UCLA. All right. I mean, it's always been that way. We always want to beat UCLA. Everybody out there that was concerned about myself, I appreciate you. Look what I have just procured. There will be more of that. All right. Uh, I think, Tina, you put it very well. I want to play UCLA, and I want to play UCLA as many times as, as possible, possible, especially when Arizona's got the better team than UCLA. So, again, um, I looked at this Arizona team right here. And this is a team that just loves playing with each other. And I think that's what's so unique. How many times in college basketball, and we've seen this, where you get a team that just really doesn't look like they want to be out there yep. together. But this team does. Give you an example. Give you an example. Uh, Kirk Risa, he was out there, and he could play. And all he's doing is shouting out, Tommy Lloyd, Tommy Lloyd. And he starts getting the pep band going. Before long, our friends at PHNX Sun Devils are chanting out Tommy Lloyd. That's the kind of infection. I'm not sure about that part. That's the kind of infection. I'm not, I don't want to get them in trouble. I'm just kidding with that. All right. Now, uh, real quick, DraftKings Sportsbook app. Code word PHNX. New customers only. You throw down $5 on a game, and you get $200 in free plays. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. You got a gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Next Step. They'll get you all taken care of right there. I like Arizona. I like Colorado with the points. That's why you don't listen to what I have to say. I'm an idiot. Go with what you're telling right there. Shane Deep does a uh, PHNX locks, which you should be going to if you're going to get in on there. By the way, this is when you know that Arizona fans are better than anybody else. We are doing this right nice. during tip off. tip off of the UCLA USC game. And I'm hoping that you can all hear us okay, because I can at least hear myself. If you can't hear us okay, let me know. But otherwise, we're going to keep going. All right. Scott Schlittenhart. Kyer matching up against Tiger may be a better matchup on defense than Kerr. I agree with that. No doubt about it. You want to have Kerr Kreese out there. But let's be honest right here. You want to be. This is something that you feel incredibly comfortable with here, though, Matt. Yeah, 100%. You want Creesa out there, but you also want to see what things go, how things go without Creesa out there. You want to see how somebody like Kyer can really be put the test here because from a guard standpoint, Colorado didn't do a whole lot for us tonight. It was their forwards, you know, it was Walker from the three. 
you didn't see a whole lot of that. But I think if you have somebody like Hire out there tomorrow, which it sounds like that's going to be the case, nothing's been reported as of yet, that's really going to be imperative as to how Arizona wins the game if they're able to win the ball. Yes, and I would imagine they are. All right, here's you got a lot of the big hitters coming out. UCLA's got some of their ex-greats coming out. Norman Powell is here. But you know what? For every Norman Powell, Arizona has a DeAndre Ayton. That's why we're better than UCLA, and we'll always be better than UCLA. Okay, so let's look ahead a little bit. You got the everybody in the NCAA seems like they lost. Auburn lost today. Uh, who else lost? Today? Baylor lost. Arizona. Illinois lost game. today. Illinois that lost. I didn't want that one. Providence though. got blown out today. Right. Creighton. Arizona, though, right now is the number one seed. My question for everyone out there, and feel free to uh, throw in here. Do you want the number one seed on the West? Do you care at this point where you go? What do you prefer right now? Because I would prefer it out West, but you got to remember, got a snap for you. Arizona's 0-3 in Elite Eight games in Anaheim. What would you all say out there to it? Give me your thoughts right on that one. Okay. Let's see. And uh, Tina makes a great point. We don't spit. We do not. Yeah, exactly. Anthony Humbert says he wants the South. I'm totally cool with the South because this team, I think, can play pretty much anybody at any point. All right. For Nick, uh, yeah, Nick Howard. I, that's the reason I asked. I'm kind of with you right there. Yeah. Okay. Now, Robbie DeWitt, another one, put it right in there. Fernando Parra. Excuse me. Hopefully, we get Mather in a bounce back game. Wonder if foul trouble took him out of his rhythm. Ben's a, Ben's a mercurial guy because. Arizona could win without him, but at the same time, how many games do you remember that Arizona's lost all season where Ben's played a best game? I yeah. can't remember a lot of those games. What do you What do you say? Yeah, about? I mean, I, I think I think foul trouble had a little bit to do with it, but at the same time, I think the way this team plays offensively, it's really riding that hot hand and what's working on that day. Right. And I think Matherin kind of had to rebound today more so on the defensive side because obviously Lloyd pulled him yesterday against Stanford. He didn't have his best game on the defensive side, but I think he really stepped up today, getting in some of those passing lanes, even matching up well with the forwards that they had. Granted, he only had 10 points. Right. Excuse me, as our computer no, no, glitches. 10 points, but I think he was pivotal down the stretch, maybe in more so ways <laughs> that folks didn't see in the box score. All right. Daylon Terry. Let's talk about Daylon Terry. Colorado left him open, and I think that's going to be a strategy for teams going forward the rest of the season. But you know what? Daylon Terry, even though his form isn't great, I don't know about all of you guys out there, but I feel comfortable when he's shooting shots. Maybe that's just the optimist in me. But when Daylon Terry's shooting threes, the shot's a little weird. By the way, the UCLA spitter is at the end of the bench. We are without. We are out of spitting distance. So we, Luckily, we are. He will probably not be able to get to us right there. But Daylon Terry is an absolute stud. And when he does shoot, I feel comfortable that he's going to make those shots. Yeah, I mean, they're good looks. I mean, right. you, you saw especially late in the game where he made two or three threes in a row, and that, that helped Arizona run away with the double-digit lead. They're good looks. And not only do I feel comfortable with him, but he just looks so good out there when he's doing everything. He's so lengthy. He matches up really well. When Arizona tries to switch things, he, he always – is not the guy who's going to get caught up or lost in the screen. He's great on the defensive side. He gets easy, efficient shots up, and he's that one guy that I think opponents, when they look at Arizona, he's so easy to forget because he creeps up on you right. at the worst possible times. 
he creeps up on you. <coughs> he creeps up on you, and you really don't expect that to happen. <coughs> All right, we got UCLA USC starting right now. I am with everybody on here. We 100% want UCLA to win this game because honestly, UCLA is a team that not a lot of teams are going to want to play tournament time. Arizona can get one more game against this team because, quite frankly, I think Arizona is better than UCLA. But this is a team that absolutely could cause some problems. And think about it this way. From a confidence perspective, if Arizona can beat UCLA yes. without, without, without Kirk Carissa, Carissa, what exactly does that tell the rest of the conference then at that point? Yeah. And th what does that tell the rest of the conference? I mean, they're far and away the best team in it. But more importantly, what does that tell the rest of college basketball? Right, exactly. You've got a number one seed, whether they go in the south or the west. They're without their starting point guard says a lot come right. tournament time i can't remember a situation where you look at some of these top three seeds going into march and they've dealt with injuries like this at key positions right. that they've been able to come together and find a way to beat teams like ucla teams like colorado that aren't probably going to make the tournament but they belong in the tournament right right so it'll be interesting nonetheless we'll see how things play out all right david matola put it best he said mike luke the sean miller inspired cough the only thing I will say in my defense is that my cough is actually real. I'm not just doing it to kill some time. Coach, you did some great <laughs> stuff out there. So again, all right, let's get back to uh, let's get back to this game here for a little bit. Colorado. I think what we saw again today, and we've been talking about this for as long as I can remember, that this is a team right here in Arizona that has a margin for error that we generally don't see. Even some of those teams in the mid-2010s, some of those really good Arizona teams that just locked you up defensively, I didn't really feel that Arizona had that margin for error right there, mainly because mainly because you couldn't score like this team could. Colorado brought their A game, and oh yeah, by the way, they're going home right now. Ben. Yeah, exactly. Colorado brought their A game. Stanford brought their A game. I think it's really an indictment on how Tommy Lloyd runs this offense because in past years, whether it was 2014 with Nick Johnson getting injured, just a number of different things, whether it was some of the matchups that Arizona had, you look at the Buffalo game, you look at some of the opponents they played in the NCAA tournament against Sean Miller. Right. It was very much a plug and play my way or the highway system. Right. And that isn't Arizona basketball anymore in the slightest. Right. You have a, style where you can win with a number of different guys, whether it's going inside to Coloco and Ball, you know, obviously Balo, whether it's shooting from the outside the way they have with their guards, they have 10 or 11 guys that can beat about anybody, about anybody in college basketball. And even if you've never watched Arizona play, obviously that isn't our audience, but anybody who's watched this team the last couple of games and saw what the opponent has done from three, has got to be coming away thinking, gee, how do you beat a team that shoots 60-plus percent from three? Yeah. It just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen, especially not in college basketball. I think in the NBA, you know, there's times when you play like the Golden State Warriors or something, and you're like, okay, if we make 50% of our threes, we should win that game. But again, we're playing the Golden State Warriors. You generally don't see that in college. And I think that's what is so impressive about this team right there is that they're kind of reworking the needle here, right here, or whatever that phrase is, in that you've got a team that generally you can be down 10, not playing well, and Arizona can still come back and beat you. And I think that's what's incredibly impressive about this team right here. 
One thing that's also incredibly impressive is the DraftKings Sportsbook app. By the way, Brian Jeffries is going to be hopping on here in just a minute. Jason Shear here, meanwhile, is admiring. Uh, ben is adorable. That's according to Jason Shear. We see you, Shear. DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. Throw down $5 on a game. You get $200 in free plays if you're a new customer and that team wins. That simple, that easy. Again, eligibility restrictions do apply. If you got a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. They'll get you all taken care of right there. Again, Arizona, I want to play UCLA so that I can bet that on the DraftKings Sportsbook. Okay, let's get back to Superfly 247. This has to be our best eight-player core ever. All eight contributed work together. Even 97-98 didn't have that. I mean, 2001, but I think this team's eight is better. It's a great question. Arizona 2001 for me is, uh, let's see here, sheer buzz off for a second. Arizona to me is, 2001 will always be the best team in school history because you had six, five guys that were amongst the best players in school history ever at their position. You've got Luke Walton coming off the bench. The difference for me, though, is that you didn't have that seventh man, that eighth man right there, and Umar Ballum, a Pella Larson. Again, my bad, Pella. Anybody that follows me on Twitter knows I'm going to apologize. Pella should get a dollar for every my bad, Pella yes, tweet, yes. honestly, you know at what? Point. At some point, I'm going to start rocking a shirt that says my bad, Pella, because he deserves that. And, Jason, you actually called that one right on there. All right, people asking if Shear's going to stop being lazy. He's not like other people. He's going to actually be at this one. So He'll be on the ground working effortlessly for all of us. Working effortlessly for us right there. All right, U of A chant. Shelby's not going to get that one, but she's going to get a back the A. Back the A. Back the A. That was terrible. Lamont Lamont Frazier. I do apologize about Lamont Frazier right there. All right. So, again, I see Brian starting to make his way over here next to the best defensive player in school history, Reggie Geary. UCLA up 9-8 to eight right now on USC. So, again, Bro Kingfish said Mike needs to sing his voice, save his voice for singing the national anthem. I am going to try to do that. I do promise that that will happen. Now, let me ask you guys this right now. Where does this Arizona team rank for you? Now, it's pretty much unprecedented what Tommy Lloyd is doing. Because, you know, how many guys take over a team that wasn't even ranked preseason and they have a team that's arguably the best team in the country? You generally don't see that. Now, where does this team rank? Where does this team rank for you guys right there? And Ryan Mitchell said, is Shu already bus partying? Shu's got a little bit of a connection issue. He's going to be on with us as soon as he can. But Ben has been gracious enough to fill in for us. By the way, the UCLA spitter has moved within striking distance of me. But I also backed away, so I am good to go right there. Okay. Now, Ben, Arizona beats UCLA. Then where – is there any team in the country that you look at and you favor Arizona – or, excuse me, you favor, you favor over the other Arizona? Bears. Definitively, the answer is no. I think maybe there's one or two teams matchup-wise that concern me. Maybe that's in Arkansas and the SEC, just the way they've played and some of the opponents they've beaten this year. Or maybe it's UCLA on the wrong day. Right. Yeah. That's that's really it. Tina, you're a very wise woman because you essentially echo what my mother says. And my mother is basically the smartest person that I've ever met. She always says this team is number one in my heart. And mainly because you had three or four years of kind of uh, – I want to say just not 
quite Arizona basketball. It's been a little bit unusual. This team is taking over right here. And honestly, there's nothing not to like about this team right here. And I look at it and I think to myself, how do you not love this team right there? Because this team is certainly something that has taken the hearts and the imaginations of Tucson. And I'll be honest with you, it's made my job a lot easier. Football, I will always get, uh, oh yeah, Sarah Beth Breyer. There you go. But um, this team will all, this team to me though was just so unexpected. Think about a lot of the teams that we've loved in years past. We kind of knew that this team was going to be, those teams were going to be great. Yeah. I thought this team would be good. But I'm not going to be the one, though, that's going to sit here and say that uh, – I'm not going to be the one that's sitting here and say that, yeah, I expected this because nobody did. No, no, nobody thought this team, and you can go back as far as October, nobody thought this team would be a number one seed coming into the NCAA tournament. Nobody thought this team would be ranked second in the country preseason come this time of year. And I think we knew a lot of what was coming back for Arizona – a lot of the guys were here, but at the same time, Tommy Lloyd has really done a remarkable job of coming in here and putting his polish and touch on exactly how he wants this team to play and how he wants to build this program. Yeah. Guys have bought in. Right. Team, the team's playing collectively as selfless as any team I've seen recently in college basketball play, and it's showing, and it's fun to watch. And I think with the way that things have gone the last three or four years, you couldn't ask for a better time for this. Yeah, you couldn't ask, and you couldn't ask for something more expected. By the way, our guy Shane just going over there to uh, talk to Brian. Brian's going to be over here in just a second. All right, Garrett Evans says, "Does Coach Tommy Light Lloyd beat Wisconsin both times?" I'm not going to get in. I'm not going to get into all of that because, quite frankly, I don't know. But I will say this: I would love to get Wisconsin. I would absolutely love to. That be would be able awesome, to play wouldn't it? Yes, exactly. That would be awesome to be able to get them in the Elite Eight right there. And to be able to play that team, who would you guys like? To be honest with you, I mean, that's the team that I would. Yeah, I think I think that's a good question. It's to build off of what maybe we talked about a little bit earlier. Are there one or two teams that you favor against Arizona? But who do you want to play come Elite Eight, come right. Final Four time? Right. And I don't really care at this point. And I was asked by a fan here. They say, "Is anything short of an Elite or a Final Four run a disappointment?" No. Because you got to remember again, we're dealing with young kids right here. This is something that is fairly unusual, but this is a team that I fully expect to make the Elite Eight. I would be very surprised if this team didn't get past the Sweet 16. I'd be shocked unless there's an unprecedented injury or something like that. I would be very surprised if that's the case. And, you know, this is also a team that has high expectations and they've built them over the last couple of months. But at the same time, I still think the way this team carries themselves, they have that chip on their shoulder of we have nothing to lose. Mm -hmm. I think they tell themselves internally, maybe we're not necessarily supposed to be here. And it right. shows. Yeah. All right. Uh, Randy Cheat says, not scared of any team not named Kentucky. Randy, I'm going to challenge you on that. Kentucky right. doesn't bother me at all because I think Arizona is more of a team with Kentucky. They're incredibly talented, but there's also games where you don't know what you're going to get from Kentucky. With Arizona, you essentially know what you are going to get game in and game right there. And I, I'm kind of, you know, I'm a little bit with Ryan Mitchell right here where he says this entire season right now is house money. Roll the ball out and see what happens. But I don't want to just miss the what this team has done when you call it house money. By the way, the big dog, Brian Jeffries, is walking over and making his way over right now. That's called a tease. So I'm going to uh, tweet that at one route right now. If you hold on just for a second, 
Ben's going to uh, Ben's going to hop up. There's not many people that can usurp Ben White. Brian Jeffries is certainly one of those ones. Yes, Brian Jeffries is hopping on right now, and the voice of the Wildcats will be uh, in. Here he is, right there. Hello, Brian Jeffries. The voice of the Wildcats joins us. My guy, how you doing, Brian? <laughs> doing okay, Mike. Yeah, I was going to say, from all my screaming, I'm losing my voice during it. So here we go. Let's go, Brian. Who are you yelling at? That's what I want to know. Oh, just this team is just a marvel to watch. And just watching this team, Brian, no matter when they get down, and let's use this game, for example, Colorado makes 16 of 32 from three-point range. Arizona still wins by 10. How many times? There's not a lot of teams that can beat a team by 10 to go 16 to 32 from three. Well, I mean, the, you know, one of the keys was that uh, they didn't allow Colorado to score inside the arc, right, right. which is pretty crazy. And, and Arizona did a great job being aggressive. And that's one thing that Tommy Lloyd has talked about, and not just tonight and not just for this tournament, but all season long. He's had a, a couple of things that he brings up to his team all the time, and that is, and I think we talked about it yesterday, and it's kind of trite, but play aggressive and let it rip. Right. And so – they were aggressive tonight. They got to the free throw line. I think that was really important against a team that, that doesn't foul a lot. Right. They were able to draw fouls and then make their free throws. Uh, the second half defense was tremendous. And when you're shorthanded to play defense the way they did, I think tells you a lot about this team. And uh, everybody knew they had to step up a bit. I kind of had the feeling over at the hotel this afternoon that you could sense they all knew that. They knew that with Kerr down that there was no they had no choice but for each one of them to just do a little extra, and I think they all did. What did you see from Justin Kyer out there? We talked about him taking over the role for Kurt So What did you see from him out there? Because the stat line, I think, is exactly what you were all thinking. Well, yeah, and again, he's a sixth-year guy. Yeah. He's played in a ton of games. He's scored over 1,500 points and he's over 300 assists, 700 rebounds. The guy's been through it all. Uh, I just – he is one of the – Best guy, I, I, I shouldn't put it that way. He's extremely well-spoken. Let's put it that right, way. Right, for sure. And I, he understands. He's just got a great sense for the game because of the experience that he's had. And so it didn't surprise me at all that he played this well. And, you know, he talked to Kirk Creasa uh, before the game today. He talked to him at halftime. And I think Kirk just trying to encourage uh, Justin, saying, look, you got this. Right. It's going to be fine. And, you know, he's... He's played so much basketball again that it just didn't surprise me at all. Right. Now, Kerr at the end of the bench, I don't know because you were calling the game. We were actually just able to watch and yell. He starts a Tommy Lloyd chant with about 40 seconds over there, and Tommy Lloyd just kind of looks at him and grins a little bit. There is such a youthful maturity slash exuberance with this squad that is, I think, fairly unique. Well, it is, and you know, that goes back again to their chemistry and their love for playing the game and their enjoyment playing for each other. And the fact that they love this style of basketball. They're just having fun. Right. And lots of teams aren't having fun. You can have teams that are winning games and not having fun. Right. These guys are enjoying it. And I think Tommy and his staff have made that a priority for this team to enjoy this experience all season long. Enjoy it. And to have a season like this, you you don't get this opportunity very often. So make the most of it and go out and, and let it rip, as he said. All right, Brian, I, I want to pick your brain here for a second. You've been at, you've been uh, covering uh, Arizona basketball since 1987, correct? Okay, you've had. You, do you ever look back and like just look around and just say, "Man, I have been able to cover so many top ten 
top five teams that there's just not a lot of people that have had that opportunity. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm blessed. I'm, I'm fortunate. I'm lucky. Um, you you name it. Uh, it just, I tell people all, all the time that you know, we're living through the golden age of Arizona basketball. I thought maybe there was a chance it might have ended a few years ago. Right. Uh, but that, that's not the case. And, you know, give Dave Hickey and Bobby Robbins a lot of credit. They sure. went out and found the right guy here. And that's taking nothing away from Sean Miller. It's right. just the fact that, you know, the, the program was maybe at a turning point right. and in which direction it's going to go. And when you have a high-level program, if you slip very far, I mean, you can right. stay down for a long time. Oregon State, for example, yeah. when Ralph Miller had it going there. When he left, they made some questionable hires, and they've never been able to get it back again. And You know what Arizona basketball is to me? It is a program because how many times – and there's schools – that are one coach institution schools, Georgetown, Maryland, UNLV, where you had great one runs. Arizona now between Lute Olson, Sean Miller, Tommy Lloyd, you got a three coach school where Arizona's competed at the very highest level. It's not one of those that you don't have to worry about that. This is a program at this point. Well, I mean, yes, that's that's the way you want it to be. If right. you're if you're gonna have a legendary program. You have to keep it going. You you can't allow things to fall too far behind. And, and, and fortunately, a, a lot of it goes to the fan base right. because of that. And when recruits come into McHale Center on a recruiting trip, no matter who the coach is, right. they see that atmosphere and they want to play right. in that atmosphere. And I think that's just – that helps keep the program going in the right direction. And I think you – I think it's emblematic of what we're looking at right here, Brian, then that you've got Arizona is not even playing right now. UCLA, USC, it's a Friday night. You could be out on the town, and there is, you look at, there's more red in this stand, this crowd still than anything else. And I just think that goes to show the fan base and the loyalty and the love that he has well, for this program. What else would you do in Las Vegas? Not, nothing. I can't even imagine what else. It's not like you're trying to find seafood in Omaha, Nebraska or something. Well, there is a great seafood place in Omaha. You yeah, sent I, me to I it. I certainly did. I so certainly did. how about seafood in Iowa City? Now, <laughs> that is difficult. I actually ate salmon in Iowa City one time. It was the worst seafood I've ever had in my life. So. That is hard to believe. Really? In Iowa City? In Iowa City. No, especially, though, when I lured you into the Omaha. The, the, no, yeah. you, uh, you did me right in Omaha. I'll tell you uh, that. But. All right. Brian, before we sign off, let me ask you this. All right, so you got UCLA, USC right now. This, both of these teams, whoever they play, I think will be a great last game slash tune-up for Arizona because UCLA is a team that, no matter what Arizona fans think of them, this is still one of the best teams in the country. You return everybody from a Final Four team. USC has one of the best, two of the best players in the conference, and Isaiah Mobley, Drew Peterson, long, athletic, kind of a mere athletically of Arizona. I think either one of these teams will be a great tune-up for Arizona. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, you, you're talking now the three teams that are left in this tournament are the three that are going to the NCAA tournament next week. And uh, it doesn't matter. I'll, I'll take the, I'll, I'll take a step back and yeah. say that it doesn't matter who wins this thing now. All three are going. Right. And I think Arizona's going to be a number one seed next week no matter what happens tomorrow night. And so – there might be a little more on the line for either the L.A. schools that right. wins this game. But I, I, the Wildcats have so much hunger and pride in what they're doing right now. And tonight it showed 
that uh, they're not going to mail it in tomorrow night. I mean, they want to get a trophy. They want to keep the momentum going. How would you say that things have changed a little bit? I've asked you a little bit about this last game because in the past, and it's not like Arizona didn't want to win, but if Arizona in the past under Luke had a number one seed locked up, a lot of times it felt like maybe they were just going through the motions because just wanted to be healthy going to the tournament. How have things changed maybe in the last 20 years in that regard, if at all? Oh, I, I don't think it's changed at all. Okay. Uh, I think the, the, the players are maybe even more aware now of the noise around them than right. they were then. You know, social media has made it impossible not to know right. what the rest of the country is thinking about you. And so uh, I think it just it says something about the personality of this team. The character of this current team is that they've been able to block that out. Yeah. And even though, yeah, they've probably a lot of people have figured that they've locked up a number one seat a while ago right. at least i see you know these guys don't look at it that way they don't uh, they're looking at the next game and you go back again it's it's tommy lloyd that's the way that he has approached things he never looks beyond the next game and you know i think he's serious when you know we're sitting there on a road trip and he doesn't know what time tip-off is right except for the next game except for the next game yeah. right exactly and, and that tells you right there, if that mentality follows to his players, then that's the way they've approached things, and that's good. By the way, is there anything better than Arizona and UCLA being back on the top of their games? I get beat up a lot by Arizona fans when I say I want UCLA to be good. I just remember, and again, I love the nostalgia part. I loved when Arizona and UCLA, especially in the mid-'90s, we're at the top two to six, seven range in college basketball. There is just something that you cannot replicate about Arizona UCLA. No matter how good Oregon is, no matter how good USC is, there is just something about looking at UCLA being stable, looking at Arizona being stable that can't be replicated on the West Coast. Well, it should be that way. They have the two most tradition-rich programs in the conference, and so history tells you that they should be good year in and year out and it certainly brings more attention to the conference i think because of the reputation that the, the two schools have so it's a good thing in that regard uh, however i don't think that uh, that negates the fact that there's 10 other schools in this conference no doubt. No doubt. and i tell you what mike again just from a neutral yeah. observation here there are people that are disappointed that these are the three teams left. I'm talking about people in the conference are disappointed because it means there won't be a fourth team getting into the tournament. True, true. And for the sake of the conference, it needs to be better. Right. We know Arizona's good. We know UCLA is good. USC right now is playing really well, but they need more than that. And and that's right. the responsibility of the other nine schools to get that fixed and to be better on the national stage. And that's why you always hear like a high tide lifts all ships. That's why... If Arizona, UCLA are good, it almost necessitates other teams to be able to pick their game up. Now, don't get me wrong. There's been teams that have been disappointed. Oregon's been a massive disappointment this year. I think, you know, they're allowed in offseason because of how good Dana Altman's been. But you're exactly right, though. Where is that third team? Where is that fourth team, that fifth team? Because the really good conferences, you're looking like a Big 12, you've got your Kansas. You've got your uh, your Baylors. But then you've got a Texas that's a team that's decent. You've got an, you know, an Iowa State, for lack of a better term. That's where the conference, I think, needs to step its game up. You get that third, that fourth, that fifth, and you dovetail that in with Arizona and UCLA. Now all of a sudden you're cooking with something. Well, some of it comes down to scheduling. Uh, and I think that there are some teams in the Pac-12 that have 
schedule too softly in the non-conference. I think that hurt Colorado this year. I mean, they've got 21 wins. They should have been in the conversation to get into the NCAA tournament, but they did not play a strong schedule. Uh, Unfortunately, the the team that maybe could have helped them was Kansas. That game got canceled. Even if they would have lost that game, it would it have helped them. It would have helped them. Yeah, right. So, but there's too many other schools in this conference that, for one reason or another, have dodged playing a tougher schedule. And now, of course, you've got to get the talent in order to try and win those games. Right. And also, I think there's a there's a fan support problem we have in this conference right. between, uh, you know, Arizona is supported well, UCLA. Right. Uh, uh, I think Utah's got a good fan sure. base. But then you start looking around, and you know Washington State doesn't draw well. It's tough in the market right. that they're in. Right. Uh, you know Stanford right. has lost their fan base. Uh, Cal's has been. And, and you got to remember, sorry to interrupt right there, but you got to remember Stanford was the one when Mike Montgomery had right. that going. Yep. I'll never forget. Uh, this is uh, this is probably well, gosh, Michael Dickerson was here twenty. Wow, I'm getting old. Twenty five years ago, but he was talking about it was the most unique fan experience because he was at the free throw line. And they start chanting his ex-girlfriend's name. And this is before social media. But that's the kind of stuff like you're talking about, though. Just the rabid fan support that Mikhail hasn't lost. But you look around the rest of the conference, and it's just not, it's it's not, not there. what it needs to be. Right. You know, USC is having another great season, but right. they just don't draw very well. And for one reason, they got a beautiful arena. Right. Uh, and I couldn't tell you why, other than the fact that it's just not at the top of the list for people in Los Angeles, the USC fans. I mean, people can call it a football school or whatever. So I'm just adding that to the list of you know, what can make the Pac-12 better. Right. And somehow they have to find a way to, to draw more fan support at at least half the schools. Uh, I think there's pretty good coaches in the league right now. I agree with that. And uh, then the coaches got to recruit better. And you know, they got to schedule tougher. What makes Arizona so unique in that regard? And that no matter what, the fans have never really left through pandemic, through a couple down seasons, through some NCAA issues. What makes Tucson so unique in that regard? Well, I, I mean, it, the, the community centers around the campus, the right. university, both athletically and academically, right. I should add. Uh, whereas some of these other schools that are in major markets have to contend with pro sports. Right. That's not the case, of course. And, and I think that has certainly been one factor, but once the program got going, once Lute Olson got it launched in the mid-80s there and got them in the NCAA tournament in a Final Four, etc., people have clung to that. It's the same situation for UCLA. Once John Wooden got it going, right. you know, they've had some lean years, but not too many. Right, right. But, but once it got started, and then the key is, like you mentioned before, that the program stays strong, right. and the school has done a a good job of keeping it. Yeah, and before we sign off, I think you made a great point again that I want to reiterate. The job that Dave Heakey, the job that President Robbins have done, because you got to remember, Tommy Lloyd was not a home run, everybody knows who he was higher. It's not like you're bringing Steve Kerr back to school. And so you've got to give those two men a ton of credit because they take a lot of arrows when things don't go well. But you know what? They're not front and center when things are going well. And I think that's really a testament to both those men. Well, it just goes to show, and sometimes you know you you don't you have to sit down as a administrator and talk to these guys, and and I think that's where you learn. I couldn't tell you exactly what those conversations were like because right. I wasn't in the room. Right. All I know is that 
you know, they saw something in Tommy Lloyd. They saw that he had been involved in one of the more successful programs in the country for quite some time. And he had a lot to do with that success at Gonzaga. And I think that, you know, they, they knew that there was that possibility there. And he just has a way about him, a very incredibly positive attitude about him and just the way he carries himself and speaks to people. And it's been really interesting this season because him having never been a head coach before, a lot of things are new right, for, for sure. Tommy. And I'll give you a great example as we do the weekly coaches show yeah. with him. And early on, he'd never done a coaches right. show before. And early on, he said, do people really want to listen to me for an hour every week? Right, right. And I would say, they no, they don't. He would say, no, no, right, right. you can't. That's that's impossible. Well, then he would show up, and all of a sudden, there'd be 80 people 80 there people waiting there. to hear him talk. Exactly. And, and as the season has gone on, he's figured it out now that, yes, yes. people want to hear it because he is the coach of the Wildcats. And now he's embraced it. Yes, yes. And now he enjoys it, and he walks around the restaurant and shakes hands with everybody because – he understands that that is such a great part of a successful program is to hand, have that rabbit fan base. You know what? Just to put it mildly, Tommy Lloyd gets it. Yeah. I mean, he just really does. But, Brian, as always, I can't thank you enough for coming on. I really appreciate it. You know, I know you and Reggie are sticking around. But, again, um, voice of the Wildcats, Brian Jeffries, thanks so much for hopping back on here, my man. Uh, fine. Where are the uh, the food certificates? Uh, I was going to say, right, well, I'll bring those to you tomorrow, which means you got to come back on if you can. But – I, I will join you tomorrow night unless uh, I have to get on an airplane. So I probably won't see you tomorrow night. Okay, for sure. Which okay. means, but Brian, again, I can't thank you enough. Whenever Brian, it was funny. When I said we're going to have Brian Jeffries come on, one guy says two things. He says, tell him we want to hear him. Second of all, when's the statue going up? So, Loot statue is already up. They weren't referring to Loot statue. Well, I'm not getting a statue, I'll tell you that. So. <laughs> well, I'm just putting it right there. Right. So, for Brian Jeffries, I'm Mike Luke. Thanks for so much listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.